Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Speed Street, back better than ever, feeling good, a race weekend under our belts, uh, the, 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 the spring leaves are turning, the weather's getting better, the month of May is just on the horizon, we're feeling good, Connor Daly with me, I'm Joey Molinero, got a big guest coming with us this evening, Connor, what's up man, how you feeling? You know what man, I'm alright, we're uh, coming back from Arizona, fresh off of several days away, Indy to Dallas, and then Dallas to Arizona, Arizona back, so obviously we had a, um, not the result that we needed in Texas, but uh, we, we know why, which is good, and, um, and yeah, it was a great race overall, I think, for IndyCar, uh, and a great, really, weekend of motorsport, a lot of, like, a lot of hype around Formula One, TV ratings were up for everyone all over the board, um, so, you know, that's, that's good for the sport and, and, uh, and now you're going to be a dad too, which is uh, pretty electric. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Congrats so, on uh, that process. Thanks, brother. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. We, uh, uh, made the, made the announcement to, uh, the inter- internet, the interwebs, the, the greater public on Sunday evening. Um, we are about 16 weeks, so babies do late August, early September. Um, we know it's a boy, baby boy, hard to All believe, right. pretty wild. Um, first round draft pick. <laughs> no, I see. Yeah. I mean, my, my, uh, my, my father-in-law already has a little racing helmet for him and, uh, you know, we're working uh-huh. on that process already. So we're going to have to come to uncle Connor and, you know, figure some things out there, but, uh, yeah, dude, surreal. Um, you know, Riley, my wife, she's, she's having all the pregnancy feels of all the, crazy things that women's bodies have to go through to create a human and, 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 and birth it. Uh, but she's doing well and uh, baby boy is healthy and, and all the doctor's reports have been a plus plus so far. So feeling good. And uh, yeah, just excited, man. It's, it's wild. That's awesome, man. I mean, what a cool deal. That's really, that's what uh, apparently the next step is when you get married is uh, you got to do all that cool stuff, give each other rings and then start creating stuff. So hey, there we go. We got the dog. 
We got the yep. house. We just needed the baby. There we go. I mean, <laughs> talk about the American dream right here. That's it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so we're going to get to – I appreciate that. That's big news in my world. But we're going to get to um, everything that happened with you in that race. But first, I want to remind people, follow – Speed Street Pod on both Twitter, Instagram. We're getting more and more active on there. We talked about it last week. I had some people reach out to me. I'm working on that from that end. But follow us on Twitter, Instagram, both at Speed Street Pod. Um, we love interacting. We're posting more. We're having fun because um, it's racing season and it's on full on there. So follow, please. We got to get those numbers up. Connor has like 100,000 followers. I have over 100,000 followers. And for some reason, our podcast, Instagram, and Twitter, only has like 200. That doesn't make any sense. we got to get those numbers up, so please go do that. And uh, while you're at it, let's get them up as well for subscribing and reviewing. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Speed Street, find us there, wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Rate us. Give us a five-star, hopefully. Give us a review. We're coming up on the month of May. We want to hear some ideas. We want to hear some thoughts. It's important. Please. Please, we're asking you to do that because we like to do this show. We love to do the show. We love to talk about motorsports, and uh, it's important. So just want to hammer that home. For sure. And I, um, I did come across several folks uh, in Texas who did say that they listened to the podcast religiously, so we appreciate those folks. Uh, it was great to talk to people at the autograph session there. It was great to talk to people um, after the race, oddly enough, as well. There was a lot of uh, a lot of people that you know were just kind of hanging out in the garages as everyone was getting packed up, and it was good to talk to people there. Um, and yeah, I think overall, I, I I really haven't said much about this about the race. Um, obviously, if you look at what happened, uh, it didn't look good on the results sheet. Obviously. Um, and there was, you know, there was a reason behind that. And we, we figured it out. Like if you read the report as well, you know, I had two drive-through penalties for speeding in pit lane, um, which has never happened to me in my entire career before. Um, and sure enough, uh, you know, I, and again, very political line to be walked here. Cause obviously we don't want it to be anyone's fault. We don't want it to be, you know, if it was my fault would happily accept responsibility. I was just being a, you know, a dummy come into the pits. But in this scenario, um, you know, it actually, it was, it was not that. It was not the case. There, you know, there, there are small things we try to have uh, set up, you know, very much right at the limit. And, um, you know, when we came into the pits for the first time, uh, you know, the pit speed limiter was just not, you know, not quite where it needed to be. So it's, it's again, no one's fault. These things happen. Motorsport is hard. Uh, I, I, it's, it's hard because, you know, when I talk to my boss, Ed, and talk to people like, well, there's no, no sense in really talking much about it because we don't want to throw anyone under the bus. And, and, and we're not, you know, I talked to all my guys. I said, Hey, we win and lose as a team. We got a lot of, you know, great stuff from Texas. Honestly, I think, you know, to, to, to be where we were in the race, the brace pace that we had at certain points, um, was really good. You know, the first st the first stint, we extended quite long, and we went exactly, you know, we got ahead of our teammate, Renus, who had to pit early, and we, you know, we pitted from uh, from the top 10, I think, at the time, uh, or at least near it, and, and that was exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, the car was great, um, and, you know, we just had, every time we came in the pits, we had a speeding penalty, it seemed like. So, uh, it was, it, it's really tough to, to take that because, you know, even after the first speeding penalty, we were able to use the yellows to get back to a scenario where it actually could have still worked out for us. 
Um, and at the time, you know, we don't have all the, all the information. So, you know, we all thought, oh, hey, Connor, that's, that's on you. You got to not speed in the pits. But then if it happens a second time, then there's, then there's something that's a little bit suspicious. So, uh, you know, we, we definitely figured that out. Uh, we, we saw, you know, what, you know, what took place for us there that, that, that caused that. Um, and again, it really does suck because, you know, these races go by so quickly. Uh, you know, we're two races in now. We've had two, you know, two difficult results that I don't think have shown the pace that we've had and the race, the strength in the race that we've had, uh, you know, after our, you know, last stop, last drive through, whatever it was, you know, I got right back out on the track and, you know, we were just sitting with Dixon and Palou and, you know, they were in the top 10, you know, we're ahead, was ahead of Jimmy Johnson, you know, the whole, the most of the time when we were running competitively on the first stint, you know, all the stuff that was, you know, all the guys that finished fifth through 10th, you know, a lot of those guys we were ahead of for the majority of the race and could easily run around. So it's something that again, no one will notice, no one will care about. Um, but I feel like our, our listeners, you know, are probably supporters of mine and, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's the, that's the whole scenario of what happened. So it's, it's something that I can't really get too deep into, but you know what we found, you know, we found, a, a, an issue that caused us, uh, you know, to not have a good day and it is what it is. I've actually just, I'm actually just happy that it wasn't me. That was just coming into the pits like a complete, complete clown. So <laughs> I feel makes me feel just slightly better. And, and, uh, we know that, you know, we'll be able to have it in a better spot for next time. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I'm glad that, you know, you were, uh, I've always told you it's one thing I appreciate about you uh, so much is you're very candid. Um, you have been throughout for as long as I've known you, you know, when it comes to races, what happened, what's going on in, in your career, your life and everything. Um, so glad we got that insight. Uh, but I think overall as a race, besides the penalties that happened for you, I mean, as I'm watching that as a viewer, I tweeted it afterwards. I, I was, I mean, I was just blown away. I was like, I was highly entertaining. I mean, that's they, good. The, the whole thing throughout, there was passes. There was, you know, unfortunately there was incidents and stuff and you don't want anybody to get hurt. You get it. But it was like, there was action, right? There's passes. You had, uh, you know, Graham on the radio, Elio kind of a little bit. We got Elio hothead a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you saw, um, geez, Rossi, our guy. I mean, that wasn't entertaining, but, and that's another thing of just what was going on there. Um, real, real shit luck on that end. But uh, yeah, dude, overall, I was just like, this was highly entertaining and the finish was incredible and the call was great. And he just, you were on the edge of your seat and um, we're going to talk about it with our, with our guest this week, Scott McLaughlin yeah, coming up here in a little bit. But I mean, besides the shitty penalties for you, the rough day for Rossi, I came away just being like, man, that was a hell of an entertaining race. And man, I wish IndyCar had even more ovals. I agree. And you know, what's funny about it is I, 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 I agree. There was a lot more activity than I expected. Um, and especially later in the race, the first stint, you know, we were kind of, uh, I'll never forget seeing Grosjean have this massive oversteer moment that he had coming out of two, like the cars were on edge. People were fighting the whole day. Uh, the wind was way more aggressive than it had been the day before. And it created an entirely different balance, which we'll talk, talk a little bit about with our guest, Scott an entirely different balance in one and two compared to three and four. Uh, three and four is usually easy, flat. You know, you don't even think about it, full throttle. Um, but it started being quite an interesting, 
situation there. You'd have a completely different setting with your car, with your in-car tools for one and two compared to three and four. And it, caught, it created a lot of work for the drivers to figure out how are you going to time a run? How are you going to make things happen? How are you not going to crash while doing it? Um, and there were a lot of guys on the edge, a lot of guys, you know, some guys made mistakes, big mistakes. Our Devlin D. Francesco, big mistake wiping out a bunch of people. I mean, that's, but that's part of learning on oval racing sometimes. You just hope that it doesn't come at that, that big of a price. Um, but it's, it was a very, very interesting day. And the way that, like, the way the track progressed, um, I think was good for the race. And I was surprised at the amount of passing later on in the race because sometimes the marbles develop, but realistically, I think people were starting to move the line wider as IndyCar was hoping for them to do. Mm-hmm. And the entry of turn one and two at the beginning of the race compared to uh, where we were at the end of the race, uh, you know, following Plo and Dixon, a lot more of a wider entry, which means you're widening the track. And it was because of the wind, because of the conditions that were, that were playing out. Um, and again, you see a lot of people especially the Ganassi cars just put in a really, really strong, consistent day. You had Jimmy Johnson having a great day, which again, I, I, I told everyone I knew, I said, Jimmy's going to be good and he's going to be good on an oval. He knows what's going on. Uh, I had a battle with him early on in the first stint where uh, we were very, very tightly side by side in one and two. But again, you see his smart brain. He's like, all right, we're going to wait till later, figure it out. And yeah, I think he played that, that, that move all day, played very smart. Uh, made the moves when he could. I watched a lot of the highlight videos of Jimmy because, well, there's a lot of Jimmy Johnson highlight videos <laughs> on the internet. Um, but it was it was cool to see how people made things work. I think there was a lot of – I think an underrated performance was uh, was Lundgaard. I think Lundgaard was, was great. I, I remember restarting uh, with him. That car seemed to be really, really flying uh, at times, and he obviously had a decent day, uh, as, as, as did, uh, you know, most of the Ray Hall cars were – Again, probably solid in the race. They st- struggled in qualifying, but it's one of those things that doesn't really matter how you do in qualifying as long as you have a strong race car. So uh, it was a quite an interesting race. I really wish that it was at night because with the downforce and the grip that we had during the middle of the day on a Sunday, it probably would have been even more electric at night. So uh, maybe we'll get that NBC TV window, uh, you know, again at some point, but for what it was, I really do hope we can get back. Sadly, the promoter, I think, at that race doesn't really care about us being there because I saw no advertisement at all for the race anywhere. You would have had no idea. I spoke at this conference for my sponsor, Mankind, yesterday, and a bunch of people from Dallas were there, and they're like, yeah, we had no idea there was a race going on in Fort Worth. And I was like, well, that's great. That we're Gotta promoted. love it. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really awesome. I mean, it's just <laughs> – it's so annoying to hear that because we obviously know, and there's great fans that know about it, but uh, it can't be that hard to get people there or to just get people to watch. Right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, you saw the numbers from, um, I think Adam Stern, you know, he put out the the ratings and uh, it was like 954,000 people on NBC, you know, so not counting if they were on Peacock, uh, but you know, that number in itself, while you wish it was higher, again, it was it was much higher than it was, what, last year or the year before? Yeah. Um, by like 600,000, 700,000 people, um, which, which is good. But again, you know, you always wish it was better. But uh, I still think two for two so far in terms of IndyCar races, NBC, in terms of finishes, 
uh, the product that was put, if you just sat and you're watching the race, um, it was entertaining and uh, I thought it was worthwhile. So I feel like it has been two for two so far. Uh, but but it definitely did. You know, it did. I mean, I mean, again, it got me really fired up for the month of May, seeing the cars go fast around in, a, in an oval and turning left. Uh, that got me fired up for sure, man. And you have you have some awesome new merch from our friends at the shop, uh, the shop indie who designed our logo. Shout out to them. Uh, they also whipped out some new Connor Daly, some new IndyCar merchandise that's out now. Oh, yeah. I'm honestly really proud of it. Uh, feel free to check out the link in all my social media bios and grab some shirts. I, I, I love it. We got to roll out as many of those as possible to make sure that we can, uh, you know, clothe the supporters. We want to have your – You want. we want to make sure that you guys are all wearing the coolest motorsport gear possible. So uh, the shop's got it all, um, and I'm pumped about it. And, yeah, man, overall – there's still a lot, you know, a lot happened in F1 this weekend. IndyCar, we know, is a great race. It's always going to be a good race. We love it. Hopefully, we can keep this NBC momentum going, but we just need to absolutely bombard people with ads. I don't know who can pay for it or how we do it, but someone's got to make people aware that we're racing because no one knows except for those that might happen to trip over it. So, hopefully, we can figure out how to get that going because we've got a great product right now and a great season and a very competitive group of drivers. So, we yep. keep saying it. We're, 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 we sound like broken records. but Well, that's all we can do, man. I mean, you know, we have our platform here, and, and we have our followings, and we have our show, and, you know, hey, we're, we're trying to do our part. So, everybody's trying to do their part. And slowly but surely, you know, that, that, that number will keep climbing. Um, I do – before we get into Scott, uh, Scott McLaughlin, the Reister, uh, he's here with us today on this show, on this week's show. Um, I did want to ask you, I put it on our um, Speed Street Pod Instagram and on Twitter because a friend of mine, Sam Hayes, a gigantic race fan, um, great guy, he texted me on Sunday and was like, there's got to be, or Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember, he's like, there's got to be a bar or we need to make a bar or, or, or designate a bar or a pub or a restaurant uh, that is to racing what like Union Jack or Chatham Tap is to soccer. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. That'd be phenomenal. So I put it up there on social and got some responses. And I wanted to see, even though you're driving, you're a driver, you're in the car, what do you think? Where would be your man about town? Any suggestions that you think would be a great place for people who love to have a good time, people who love to watch some motorsports, get together and convene and have a great time? I don't know, man. I mean, it's tough to say. I, I, I mean, I love supporting the, the places that I like. I mean, the Oakmont's always got IndyCar racing on for sure. I mean, that's our friend's bar, but it's obviously, you know, it's a restaurant, a lot of high activity going there. I mean, I feel like that those th that place for sure is a place that I like to support because they will do anything for, for us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a place like Chatham Tap I like a lot. That's got great food, great food there, but it's very, very much a soccer bar. Not sure if they're going to put on motorsport for you, but I'm sure they would. <laughs> well, yeah, just you were saying like the equivalent. So like find our version of that. You know, what is it? You know, a lot of people said, know, you know what a lot of people said, and I feel pretty good about it, Daredevil Brewing and Speedway. Yeah, but that's Speedway. I mean, that's that's goes without saying. <laughs> I mean, that's – I'll, we got we got to find something that's like the big city of Indianapolis, um, you know, a strong, reputable spot there. I mean, Daredevil's great, but uh, you know, it, it, that, I feel like that's going to happen no matter what, right? Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it like it, it tends to cater to that audience, but I feel like if you're getting 
people who are fans of racing altogether, a spot like that is going to be better than, say, like trying to go to Brothers or like Kilroy yeah. or like Pearl Street. You know what I mean? I just yeah. – I don't know, man. I, I think it's hard to narrow it down to one. I actually don't don't really like the idea because, like, if we're in Indiana, every bar better have the IndyCar race on. You know what I mean? So, wow. like, you go anywhere to watch it, you better you better. And if that bar doesn't have it on, you request that it gets put on. Um, so, I think I think that's the best way to do it. Get your get your friends together and just go to any bar and and watch it, or just get even a bar that you might not ex- actually the best thing for you to probably do is to not have a bar where it's just IndyCar fans, go to a place where no one's an IndyCar fan and get the race turned on. That's, that's probably what's going to happen. That's probably going to be best for the sport. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to, I don't know. I just don't, I don't buy that. Like a big bar like that would do that. You know, Normal. who knows? Maybe just one TV. No, man, it doesn't have to be – I don't know. It doesn't have to be Brothers or Kilroy's or anything like that. We, that's, not a, that's not something we want to attack, but I don't know. Just need to, need to diversify the audience and get, get it out in front of people that might not know that it's on. All right. Well, people can, you know, let's know Speed Street or whatever would be good places. Maybe you could change every week. You know, it doesn't have to be one spot. It can be uh, rotating, uh, you know, guest bars of pubs, whatever it is. So, all like right. Let's in, yeah, let's get into uh, – Let's get into it with Scotty McLaughlin. Let's, uh, let's welcome him on. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Big time guest this week on Speed Street. Uh, he is currently the points leader in the standings of the IndyCar series. He is everyone's favorite rooster. He is the winner of the um, St. Pete GP, the first race of the season. He is Scott McLaughlin. Scott, how are you, buddy? Thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thanks. Big, big fan of Speed Street, so I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, <laughs> look, Scott, we're we're pretty honored to have you here. Uh, there's, you know, not many people who have been allowed onto this show yet. Um, realistically, because they just haven't come onto the show, uh, and I've invited a few people. But you know what? We appreciate your dedication to expanding your motorsport knowledge, expanding your reach in motorsport in America, uh, mm-hmm. and obviously. You're currently destroying everyone in the Verizon – or, no, whoa, NTT. Oh, easy. <laughs> <laughs> Went back there for a second. Um, so, I, I obviously have a lot of questions about, you know, all of your setup details in Texas, uh, St. Petersburg as well, uh, how you're feeling about um, the, 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 just the streak that you're on right now. But, I, okay, for a real question first, coming from year one to year two, Obviously, you've done a lot of racing in your life, and I know this is like somewhat of a serious question, but you have a new engineer in Brettsman, Ben Brettsman, very, very smart guy. I obviously known Ben for a long time. And has that been something that has been quite a boost for you? Has it been the team kind of focusing in on the three cars? I mean, Penske, no matter what's always the powerhouse, but 
there's got to be something that when you go from year one to year two, you obviously know everything now a little bit and you're like, all right, I know where to build and where to be better. But has that been a really big boost to your whole program? Yeah, I think last year was a big, you know, it was a big, um, I guess in some ways like, uh, you know, awakening for the team, you know, at the end of the day, it showed how competitive IndyCar was and, we weren't as a team um, probably where we wanted to be exactly. Um, so it's been a big focus over the off season and obviously dropping back to three cars is more focus on, you know, a smaller you know, type issues with more people on those issues, um, which has been a lot of a, ha- a hand there. Um, me and Benny though, like I've known Benny for like uh, probably ever since I started on the simulator with Penske back in 2019. So I've built a relationship with him over the last couple of years. And then eventually to have him as my engineer now, it was quite a seamless transition, which, um, you know, as you know, it's that, that's a big, big, you know, it's a big part of it. Having a, having a, not only a working relationship with your engineer, but a personal relationship. I think it makes a huge difference as well. We get along really well. He's one of my good mates and, and it's, um, play a lot of golf. We hang out. Um, so that's been a whole thing. Um, I think I, you know, there was a switch that sort of happened last year around sort of, Nashville, Portland, all that sort of stuff where I sort of felt, you know, I found a setup that I liked and a direction that I wanted to go. And um, I just didn't put it together, man. And, and as you know, it's so freaking hard to just get it together and qualify and qualify at the front. And, you know, you know, if you can qualify at the front, you're going to be racing there or thereabouts. Um, it's just, you know, the qualifying for me is the hardest part. And we managed to get that sorted at St. Pete, obviously, pole. And then you know, qualified second at Texas and, and just keeps the momentum rolling with that sort of stuff, you know? And, and um, yeah, look, Benny's been a huge part of that. I've worked pretty hard in the off season. Um, but at the same time, I think it's just, yeah, a whole team game, which has, you know, been a fantastic job. And obviously Chevy, as you know, as a Chevy driver, I think Chevy's made gains too, which has just pushed that whole unit forward. And um, yeah, it's exciting times for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, whew, you, you and Joseph, though, too. Like, two, uh, like an engineer swap in that team. Joseph now winning as well. I mean, this could be – I hope not, obviously, because I'm obviously out there, too. But, like, it seems like a bit of a Penske, uh, Penske resurgence in the dominance category, which uh, for you guys, you know, congratulations. That's all. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see because, obviously, we had two very different races and, you know – street course super speedway now we're going back to the street course but it's a very very different street course so you know i i don't know I, i'm very curious to see what other teams start to you know either get their act together or or figure some stuff out everyone's you know there's been a couple guys who've been just you know solidly consistent obviously you've been the most consistent at the front um and there are a few people obviously it's so early on in the season that in the next three races, all of a sudden, by the time you get to Indy, you could have another couple guys right in the same, you know, streak as, as, as you, Bill. Yeah, look, it's, it takes one bad race and, and you're, you're, you know, back where, you know, you don't want to be at the end of the day. And, um, you know, it's race two, as you know, and, and there's a long, long way to go, but happy to start it. I think I looked at my points last year. I had like 32 points after two races. This year I've got 97. So that's a, that's a good little uh, stat and something that we're trying to work on, but, um yeah yeah certainly man it's uh it's this category is tough we're just we're just working on just let's be consistent all the way to indy if we can be take what we can get and as you know indy's the big shaker uh double points there uh double points at iowa so thankfully we're we're strong at ovals and and hopefully um uh we're we're okay come later on the year 
Scotty, so let's go to Sunday in Texas. <clears throat> Running a hell of a race. Crazy finish at the end with your teammate. How close were you to just going up and just smacking Joseph across the face <laughs> after he t- overtook you there? <laughs> uh, pretty close. <laughs> no, no. I, I, uh, you know, it was my I, – I left the door open there. Um, and, you know, I probably should have come up and blocked the air and taken the air off him there and, and – yeah, I was gutted with myself a bit and just missed the missed the call from the spotter and a few things. So it was a, you know, as Connor knows, it's hard to win races in this category. And thankfully, we've been in a position to win two in, in consecutive weeks. And, you know, it's it, it graded me to sort of let one go there because I felt like, like I said, we, we had a pretty controlling race. We looked after it for a long time there. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I said in the, in the interview, if you're going to lose to someone, you lose to your teammate, but still even losing to your teammate, it, it's, it's still hard, you know, and, and especially when you've been such a dominant car. So, look, man, it's uh, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to learn those mistakes battling for race wins and I am being sort of intent, you know. <laughs> do, you, do you think like that when I watched that video, though, like and I obviously – was out there circulating a million laps down because I drove through the pits more time than any man has ever done in the history of racing. But I, I very curious, like when I saw it and Joseph kind of like half a lane up on you, but you in the toe of the traffic in front of you, do you think, cause I know towards the end of the race, it seemed like three and four got a little bit more difficult. And like, especially if you were stuck in traffic, was it a situation mm. where, that dirty air was just like caused you to lift a little bit or was like he, cause like that was a big run. Like I, I didn't mm. like the, the moves that I tried to play out of four, like I had to be tucked right up and then like get the run, but he just kind of sat up there and just kind of kept driving. Did mm. you get a little bit of like an arrow washout? Like was there, what was going on there? <clears throat> so I, yeah, as the wind picked up, you know, it got really bad off three and four, as you yeah. know, and, I was really tight. Like I blew the front wheels off it, um, front tires off it, you know, sort of with five to go. I knew I was in trouble, but I knew if I could keep, you know, somewhat of a distance from the cars in front of me and control Joseph's pace, I would be okay. But the, the biggest problem happened when everyone sort of checked up into one and two. And on the exit of one and two, I had an awesome exit. I just couldn't use the run. And to be honest, I hadn't gone outside three, four, um, you know, the, the, the whole, you know, the whole day. Um, I went up there a couple of times and it was pretty dicey and the amount of push that I had in that, yeah, like Malukas with you, but like the amount of push I had, I was nervous about just spraying it and hitting the fence and then potentially one taking us both out, but especially myself. So, so I it was pushed yeah. though. Like, cause I, I got the same thing. Like if you, if you dive in there and the front wheels just like collapse over themselves. Yeah. It's it was a just like feeling. a push. Yeah. And I didn't want to get, it was an early push and then I didn't want to get caught by the wind and then get pushed up even higher in the PJ one. And then I was, you know, I was shunted on the last corner, last lap and lose the race. So I, I, um, you know, I don't, I looking back at it, like I probably could have entered a half a lane wider and he would have had the same problem as me, but it's, you know, doing this at 220 mile an hour, you know, it's, it's a, yeah, it just, it was an unfortunate circumstance. I lost the run because of, you know, Malukas ahead of me and I lot, and then Joseph just had the big run, and uh, yeah, you can you can come up and block it, but it's dodgy. And and as you know, like it's it's pretty much a uh, a gentleman's rule is like when someone's got a decent run, you can't really, you know, just take it and and block someone bad like that because it can cause a massive shunt. Yeah, I mean, you you like uh, that's the thing, right? Like Joseph, it, it, te- classic Texas is the leader is always screwed because you're always out there and you're like. 
you're just basically trying to set the pace and figure it out. And he's just trying to do a bunch of research mm. on where else, you know, he can go. So it's, it's mm. definitely not, it's not the first time that stuff has happened, but I, I was just, mm. just curious as to what you were feeling. Cause again, I haven't really talked to many people after the race and I know it was a wild change mid race about mid race or after the first stop in three, four, when the wind started to mm. change, and now you're lifting at both ends sometimes, depending on in traffic. And it was, it was, it was very strange. The first stint was kind of lockstep, a little bit, not as much racing. And then as the race went on, there was a lot of racing because people had mm. to lift kind of at either end. And I, yeah, and I probably looking back at it as well, could I have been more aggressive with my tools? And, and that was another learning st stage. I'd, I'd set the car up. I was actually having a lot of uh, oversteer off too because yep. of the tailwind. And then I was having to push at three. So like, could I have been more aggressive just to get through the corner and, and, and maybe soften my front bar and drop the weight jacket? I, you know, yeah. it's, it's all stuff you ask yourself in hindsight, but, um, I did, look, like I, did I, said, laps. Yeah. I did 60 laps going from P six on the front bar and one to P one for three, four, like every single lap just going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, and yeah. And that's like definitely something I've got to learn and be more confident with. Like, just like, I, I probably don't play with my tools enough in that regard and it could have helped there for sure. But, yeah, I, we might look back on that day and be like, oh, the second wasn't too bad later on in the season, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, a first and second to start the season. I mean, you yeah, made the right. I'm happy. It's, it's, it's not the worst situation in the world. I was, I was going to yeah. say, so, Scotty, you win in St. Pete. You're, you're close, very close to winning in Texas race number two. And so I feel like there's going to be a lot of celebrating for you coming up this season and your future in IndyCar continuing – it's my understanding. I've heard rumor mill that when you're celebrating racing or winning a race, you become a ball tap guy. Is that? Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You tap. Um, it's the, uh, the the Kiwi handshake. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's just uh, it's I just get pretty pretty excited and just you know trying to yeah you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like just sack tapping everyone. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So it's just how it is. Flapper. This man is the yeah. best. This man is by far one of the best celebrators in IndyCar history, I think. And I've, I've known <laughs> a lot of them. And there's been a very, very, uh, well, not a lot of them lately. And I'm just glad to find someone who enjoys life uh, like I do. And guess what? Can he celebrate and immediately go right back to qualifying on the front row and almost winning a race? Yep. Guess what, racing drivers? You can enjoy your life and celebrate after you win and go right back into the next race and be successful. Who would have thought? Now, now, Scott, do you, like, set up the, the ball tap? Do you, you know, is it, like, a process? Do you drop a little, you know, like, hey, mate, what's the capital of Bangkok? And then, yeah. you know, or like, uh, what's the capital no, of Thailand? Just, do you do that? Or is it just straight up, like, walk by and then a little... Yeah, it's just straight up walk by. I'm, I'm, I might be going to the restroom. I might be doing bits yep. of bobs. You just, you just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta have your wits about you. Um, it's, it's a term of endearment. Uh, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's an aggressive thing on my part. It's certainly, uh, nope. you know, something that I just, you know, it, hey guys, you, you're one of my boys. Boom, bang. <laughs> have you ever done, ever done that to the wrong American, and then they they oh. get the wrong way? Yep. Yeah, it's Connor. Connor knows that very well. I've done that to the wrong guy. 
but now we are reasonably close, so uh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but there's been a few few issues, but once we got past the uh, social uh, dilemma of that one, um, we, we were fine. But uh, yeah, certainly, it's not my what my wife's favourite party trick of mine. Um, <laughs> she has to sort of bring me back into earth a little bit, but. Yeah, like going back on Connor's point, you've, you've got to celebrate the good ones. You know, it's you only live once. It's a pretty cliche term, but it's, uh, you know, we're we're turning hobbies into professions. We're, we're winning races. We're, we're having fun doing it. And we've got some great people along for the ride. So, you know, I always like, you know, especially like enjoying, like I love going out and having a few beers, going to piss with my, 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 my race car mechanics, you know, the boys, like good times and, and obviously Connor and a few of the lads. So it's good times. See, now this is a weird dynamic we got going on here because, you know, I'm a married man to a, a beautiful female. And now all of a sudden I'm longing for the touch of a man to my, to my balls because I want that. <laughs> I, I want that connection. I want Scotty McLaughlin to welcome me in. And so I'm feeling very torn here. This is very odd. Kiwi, the Kiwi handshake, brother. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a big it's a big deal. Um, but yeah, look, one day you'll you'll cop one of those bad boys, and and you'll be like, okay, it's uh, now we're in. Not, don't really, now we're in it. I don't, don't don't love it, but I'm in it, and and that's the main thing. We definitely don't love it, but you know what? It's it's something that will be remembered forever, I assume. And I'm just happy that in my IndyCar career. Uh, I don't know how the rest of it's going to go. I hope to obviously have some trophies to hold up at one point as well this year. But I'm just happy that I could be a part of the Scott McLaughlin era, the beginning of the Scott McLaughlin era in IndyCar, because I feel like it's a strong one. And I feel like as we continue to go throughout this year, we're only on the up. I mean, America's right. back. We're, we're, at, we're, at full, we're at full speed. We're at full attack. The Indy 500 is fully back. Scott hasn't seen a full Indy 500 yet. He's in, I haven't he's seen a snake bit. Haven't, haven't seen, seen the snake I'm still going to have to write a formal letter to the Penske PR department about bringing Scott over to the snake pit for 15 minutes with me <laughs> <in> race morning. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's, uh, I'm super excited. I, I, I've always dreamt of being here. You know, I've always dreamt of racing in America. I think it's the greatest country in the world in terms of just, you know, opportunity and, um, you know, like that freedom that we, everyone talks about too. And, and, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, God damn, I, I married an American. It wasn't, that wasn't by, like, that was just by chance. But, you know, we, uh, we certainly, um, you know, I love the country. I love being here and want to be here for a very long time. Scott, not talking racing, man. What's going on with your, with your Panthers, dude? What, what are they going to do at quarterback? They missed on, on oh, Watson. They're missing everybody. Who are they, who are they getting? Things are bad. I don't know. I, I hope we get that Malik uh, Willis. He looks pretty strong, but it's, it sounds like he looks like he might be a stealer, Joey. Is that, is that correct? Or? Well, I mean, I'm hoping, but here's the problem is that your Panthers have the number six pick. My Steelers aren't drafting to all the way to number 20. So, mm. they, I mean, the Panthers but are I think Malik will go. big one of them. Malik will go earlier than that, won't he? Sure. Well, he'll go way earlier than 20. Him and yeah. Kenny pick it both. That's where no. the are like, right in there. It, even earlier than six, you think? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. maybe not Hang six because the Jets and the Giants both have a quarterback, if you will. But I don't know, man. Well, I, I thought Tyreek Hill I thought Tyreek Hill was going to go to um, go to the Jets. That would have been a travesty. So I'm happy he's at least – the Dolphins are stacked, man. It's crazy. But no, going back on the Panthers, going back on the Panthers, like I think we just need an O-line, man. Like our defense is not that bad. I know that Donald's probably not the – the best guy in the world, but 
I think if you have a decent O-line, it gives him some support there and he can make some choices, a little bit better choices, and maybe that might help him getting some confidence back for sure. This is weird. This is like we're all in like QB purgatory here. Connor's with the Colts. Like Matt Ryan's like, okay, that's fine. Mitch Trubisky here. Who knows what the Panthers are going to do? This is just like a like a QB anonymous class that we're all going to event. You know? The Colts are like the the retire the, the retirement village from like you know had Philip Rivers and then you know Matt Ryan like like I mean Matt probably gonna do one year. Carson Wentz is just Ursay's just trying to like get as close as he can to Peyton Manning. He's like, oh, you kind of look like him. You you kind of walk like him a little bit. All right, come on, let's get some of that magic back in here. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would no, love I definitely Matt, looking like that. I would love Matt Ryan to get in here though and start just slinging the rock. Like Matt's back, yeah. He's Super Bowl, Matty Ice. We're we're slinging it to Jonathan Taylor on you know seventy eight percent of the downs, and then maybe you know a couple little short passes here and there. And I I don't know. It's it's not that exciting, but obviously, I mean Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan. He's that guy that. If you draft him really late in fantasy football, somehow he's going to put up 15 points every weekend and you don't really know why or how. Yeah, I, I, I think that you Colts fans thought Philip Rivers was going to do the same thing. So maybe, uh, yeah, no. Sorry, mate. You're done. You're done. <laughs> well, at least we'll you're be the Panthers. Connor, <laughs> Connor's all good because he's like a Bengals fan too. So I'm not going to crap on people who have multiple teams, uh, have multiple teams, but Connor rocks with the Bengals and Joey B's looking fine. So you can't. I love, fan. I love Joey B. He's a, he is a stud. That guy, he's a, a, a ultimate. You're an, you're an LSU guy, aren't you? I am. Me and Joey yeah. B are, are close and personal friends. And by close yeah. and personal friends, I mean he sent me an autograph helmet. And we've DM'd on Twitter a couple times. Yeah, that's oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, but enough about me. Let's get back to Scotty real quick. Who has the cooler voice, you or Lee Diffie? Oh, no, Lee does a way better job, I think, at exclamating, like, the perfect Australian slash USA accent. He's definitely – he's very good, that guy. I think he does a great job with the the coverage. He does. think, Connor? Yeah, he's he's a good – I mean, honestly, that – the finish that he describes, like an electric finish like that, we needed something like that, obviously, at Texas to hopefully revitalize that event. And, yeah, Lee's got the voice. He's got the – he knows yeah. how to deliver. He knows how to put something exciting out there. And I, I had another question, I guess, about Texas. I was thinking about all the technical side of things, but maybe I won't dive deep into that. But what do you, <laughs> what do you think about um, that qualifying scenario at Texas? Because, obviously, you hadn't – I don't think you had done other than Indy, right? You raced it. We raced in Texas last year, and it was kind of parked for May. We didn't even get to qualify because of weather and all that stuff. I think, or maybe that was the year before. I don't know. But like, was it was it exciting for you to be able to like, all right? Other than Indy, now we're trying to trim these things out. We're trying to get it just for two laps and rolling up to the grid. And everyone's. I mean, to be honest, I was a little bit confused at how some people had so much downforce on and were going so fast, and then there were people who had nothing on. And we're struggling. 
did you find that interesting as like now that you're fully into the IndyCar scene now, I guess? Well, I liked it because now like we were doing the qualifying, like actual qualifying session. So it wasn't like we had to qualify with race trim, you know, like gateway. That was the last time yeah. I sort of qualified like that. So yeah, that was the first time I actually qualified with qualifying trim and like seeing you know, different wing angles and, you know, some of the, like, you could just see like the philosophy of teams like a road hole, you know, they really struggled in qualifying. It was crazy. Um, and then, you know, you sort of said Takuma and the Dale Coyne car was right up there and Felix and McLaren. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, I loved it. it. It was still, I felt like in qualifying that was still too stark. Like yeah. I think for all of us, we were all pretty, pretty, you know, it wasn't like, um, I think I would love to have qualified, you know, Texas, when you really had to wheel the thing, you had to like come off the gas a bit and whatever. Oh, yeah. um, Do you run well, sidewalls? Hmm? Do you run sidewalls? No. <laughs> no. Son of a gun. Clean. No. Uh. But, uh, yeah, but um, I, apart from that, I just, I don't know anything else. Con, I don't even. I, what did you? I don't even know what you, you guys run or whatever. I just get in the thing and just wheel it and see how we go. <laughs> yeah. See, I mean, we. So it was interesting because like Ed, Ed didn't run sidewalls. He went out first, and like we thought he was going to be faster. I had the sidewalls on, but like we were still everything else was off. And and then I obviously we we qualified okay, but Renus Renus and I ran it's very simple, like exactly the same. And he had an extra mile an hour on me, and we we're like, how did that happen? So. It was yeah. Bit of a weird deal, I, but I mean, it's so close, I, right? Like you're you're talking even like yeah, like Felix's lap, like it was like what he was early in yeah, the day, he was and right it was like me. it was like a mile and a half hour quicker than anyone. And I even I said to myself at that point, I'm like, geez, that that's pretty that's pretty racy, like two twenty one. Remember like what we were doing at the test and the yeah. other things. So I'm like, I'm like, well, that'd be interesting. And um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty stout lap, but then you have like Pato who ran like probably a similar car and he was like 10th so it's um yeah. it's yeah interesting um I, I love seeing the different philosophies how you get it and we're all within like half a mile an hour which is crazy um and i but i do love oval qualifying how especially at indy and even texas on the weekend how we were basically flat you know you can really you gotta listen to the engine you got like you know the way that it bogs down and and you gotta like you know unwind the wheel and make sure you get a good run it's it's pretty cool. And I just had like a tiny bit of scrub and I just missed it obviously. And I feel like, I feel like that was, that was probably the difference between another pole, which would, which would be, would have been real cool. <laughs> oh, you'll be yeah. fine, Scotty. It's all right. I, I want to know, I want to get into some, uh, some F1 predictions with you here. We're obviously, we cover a lot of motorsport. We like our NASCAR. Mm. We like our formula one. We like everything. Uh, I'm getting mm -hmm. Joey into all the different motorsports now. Uh, obviously, we were all racing in this. It was a big motorsport weekend. You think Ferrari's going to be consistent? Oh, we got Dale here. Yeah, he's got Dale Jesus on his on his on his sweatshirt there. Do you think Ferrari is going to be consistently up front for the year? What do we think? You think Mercedes is going to come back? What What do we got? I think I, I think Mercedes are too bigger, uh, too bigger of a team to not come back. Like you look at them last year when they were basically down and out, and they come all the way back. I. I I think it'll be Ferrari Red Bull early in the season. Um, I think mostly Ferrari, but then, but yeah, but then Mercedes will come back through. I reckon I, you can't discount them. You really can't. Not now, especially Hamilton. I still think you can't. As long as he keeps his bottom lip off the ground, they're, they're going to be good. <laughs> there you go, man. Hey, 
I love it. Uh, Scotty, you've been with us for about 30 minutes now. I know you got to get back to the missus and unload the groceries and everything. You're at the supermarket. So I understand, man. I, I, I live that life myself. I got you. We appreciate the time, man. You're, you're, you're killing it so far to start this year. And uh, obviously, you know, when Connor's not doing, you know, when, when you guys are both out there, we're rooting for both of you and uh, looking forward to seeing you in May, man. So I uh, appreciate the time, brother. Appreciate it, Jerry. Also, Thanks, guys. Thanks, I Connor. Do- I do want to say I had a, someone ask me at a bar on St. Patrick's Day. They said, hey, Connor, who's going to be the guy this weekend? And I said, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If it's not me, it's going to be Scott. And I'm not a betting man, but that guy might have been, and he's probably upset with you. So uh, <laughs> I just want to let you know. Let's hey, you know it's crazy. The amount of tweets I had with dudes that had me at like plus 1,000 or yeah. plus 2,000, whatever I was at the start of the year. They were into me hard. I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing. That's what I love about Twitter. You just see the people that like lose money on you. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it was a great day. Turns out I'm still, I'm still a piece of crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome, man. All right, Scotty. Talk to you, buddy. All right, guys. Cheers. See ya. Later. Thanks, brother. Bye. Thank you for Scotty for hopping on, taking some time with us. Points leader right now in Indy Carter. Uh, the standings, uh, winner in St. Pete, second place. Heartbreaking loss we saw this past Sunday. Love that guy. Good dude. Um, appreciate him. Let's get into a little bit of uh, what's going on around motorsport, Connor. Um, let's, well, what do you – give us a breakdown of F1. Yes. F1 this weekend. Well, Formula One um, really, really interesting uh, race, obviously. Um, first race of the new era of this car, uh, a lot of interesting, you know, the first time where all the teams are really throwing down, like testing, you can't really take anything from, uh, I think the biggest surprises that I pulled from the weekend is McLaren is slow, uh, which is a shame for our boys, uh, Lando and Daniel, um, very curious to see how they progress throughout the season. Uh, very pumped for my boy Carlos signs at, at Ferrari that that car clearly is quick. Um, and it seems to be more of a, you know, diverse battle up front, which is cool. Uh, obviously not a great start for Red Bull two DNFs, which is, I mean, that's unheard of for those guys. Um, and you know, Mercedes being thrilled about finishing third is, you know, it's really interesting. Also, it seems like, they know that they aren't where they want to be with that car so far. Uh, and we had some wild performances from Botas, from Haas, Kevin Magnuson, who uh, obviously we talked about Marcus Erickson's sketchy tweets about him being last in the last IndyCar test. And then now he's big hero in Formula One. You know, that's obviously uh, great to see because I thought he was a cool dude. Um, so, yeah, a lot of cool stuff going on there. We had NASCAR as well. Uh, we had our boy Corey LaJoy with his best finish ever in NASCAR, top five finish. Uh, that race seemed to be crazy. The new repave Atlanta. I loved it. It looked, it looked awesome. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how the drivers felt about it. it. Seemed like there was a lot of blown tires. Seemed like there was a lot of accidents, a lot of things that were going on um, that I'm sure some of the drivers weren't happy with. Um, but it looked like a very, very competitive race. A lot of lead changes. It was competitive. It was entertaining, at least from my end. The end was a little sloppy, but, like, you know, it, it was really down to the wire. Um, just like I won big with Chase last weekend, yeah. uh, I equally lost as big this weekend um, in Atlanta. I had uh, I had Chase Elliott and Bubba Wallace. And 
close, but that only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And so your boy ah. lost out uh, what could have been big on Bubba and Chase. So, but that's what's interesting too, man, is that, you know, I don't think Chase is what, maybe a top five finish, maybe six is what has been his best finish all year. And he's one of the point standings. Yeah, it's wild. I think I love the um, the parody in, in, in the NASCAR results so far. I love to see that track house is really strong and some other teams are getting a shot to be up front. It's just what motorsport needs. I think motorsport right now is in a very strong position and we just need to all, I wish we could all just help each other a little bit more. And if all three powerhouses of the motorsport world continue to grow, it just helps everyone. So I love, you know, Every single person that I talked to at the Arizona Coyotes hockey game just yesterday, when they obviously they announced me as an IndyCar driver, IndyCar driver like this, getting introduced to people, they're like, oh, I'm watching Drive to Survive. And I said, oh, great news. I was like, who would have thought? Like, it's like, that, show has, <laughs> yeah, that show has done an absolutely wild amount for the Indy, for, for, for Formula One, but for motorsport in general, because even people, talking about drive to survive they're like they feel like they understand indycar a little bit better because i was like yeah it's similar and they're like wow we love that so that's really cool and uh i i just think we should be proud of motorsport and again we should still be just pushing this we got to push out indycar we got to we can't get lost in the in the fray of of uh you know the formula one and nascar uh you know power kingdom right now yeah no doubt no doubt it's um I mean, yeah, you just tell people, like, yeah, I mean, F1, IndyCar, they make similar sounds. The cars look similar. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to win. So, yeah, you're right around the same lines. So, that's exactly. good. That's good. Not not too far off. All right, let's get into um, – well, real quick, too. I uh, saw today or yesterday Bubba Wallace is going to run Coda and the Indy Road Course uh, for Joe Gibbs uh, in the Xfinity Series. So, a little double dip for Bubba. Yeah, I mean – I was hoping to try to do the truck race this weekend down at Coda, uh, but the sponsorship deal never really came together uh, appropriately, which is a shame. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be an awesome weekend to watch. Um, I think NASCAR, the new cup car at a road course will be quite entertaining and all of NASCAR series being there will be just fun to watch. I mean, NASCAR racing at a road race, I, I think, is is great to watch. So, it'll be cool. Yeah. Another, another good weekend of NASCAR on tap for sure in F1. Um, it's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, let's get into some audience questions here to wrap up. Quite, quite a few. Uh, appreciate the the reaching out, the responses. Again, this is at Speed Street Pod on Instagram and at Twitter. Um, let's see here. This is from Alyssa. Going. How many hours of sleep do you make sure to get the night before a race slash the five hundred? Uh, you know that is a great question. I. You just try to get as many as you can. <laughs> I think there's always a little bit of nerves uh, that are pumping through the head, um, you know, the, the night before the race. Uh, but I always like to try to make sure that I'm like, I'm pretty well shut down by 9, 9.30. And 
even if I just sit and hang out and thumb through the phone a little bit or, or go through some data for, you know, for, for, for the race the next day, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to be asleep by 1030, which ends up being 1130 because you can't sleep for an hour. And, uh, and honestly, thankfully being a premier motor racing, uh, category, you know, usually we don't have to wake up super early, but with a lot of our races this year being early starts for NBC, you know, you gotta be at the track at eight and, and it's, you know, it's early. So, uh, you know, especially the month of May too, you're, you're up at six thirty, seven o'clock. Um, and it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's basically get as much sleep as you can. And uh, a lot of us drivers now have these whoop wristbands and we're all in the same group. And so we can see how much each other sleeps and how, how well people are recovered ready for the race. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny to start, you know, talking some, throwing some shade on the, on the grid. Kyle Kirkwood came up to me before the race. He's like, bro, how did you sleep so well last night? What, what the heck? And then people are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Dude, that, so what's the, what's the fewest amount of hours you've gotten before a race? I don't really know. I mean, it, like it, it, sometimes if you can't sleep and you just aren't able to do anything and you, who knows, five, six hours, but I mean, I'm not going out the night before the race and ended up back at three sure. and sleeping. Yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't, I just didn't know if, you know, there's just one of those nights where you just absolutely toss and turn in nerves. You can't sleep. You try to sleep. And then all of a sudden you look at your clock and it's like two 30 in the morning. And you're like, what am I even doing? What's the point? Yeah. You know? One of those. Thankfully, usually on Saturdays, you're already working hard, right? You're doing practice qualifying, so your body's ready to shut down either way. Uh, but some of the worst ones are like Road America when there was an 8 a.m. warm-up. You know what I mean? That was like you had to be the track at like 645. Uh, that, those were always really brutal. Uh, some of the events that where we have, you know, early morning warm-ups are, are tough. Those are the worst. This is from B underscore uh, Keys underscore Street 1. Uh, they congratulate me on the baby. Thanks. Um, and then they say, Connor, what is your current bourbon recommendation under $50? Do you have oh, geez. Uh, great question. I'm not really sure. I would say, um, if you can find any Buffalo trace store pick, uh, from anywhere, those are usually 30, 25, $30. Um, any Buffalo trace store pick again, hard to find, but if you find it, that's going to be some of the best bourbon you can, you can potentially drink. From Crazy Chuck 06, do you think Jimmy Johnson has a real possibility to compete slash win at Indy? Oh, I, I, I completely think so. Uh, and I, I've said it since day one. I think he's going to be good on the ovals. I think Texas was such a short weekend, and you saw how good he got as the weekend went. That's only two days. Think of how much practice we have at Indy for the 500. I and mean, we have a full week. We have two days of qualifying. I think Jimmy is absolutely going to be a front runner along with the entire Ganassi team. Uh, they were able to find a ton of car speed over the weekend with, without trimming the thing a ton. Um, so they clearly have a good idea of, uh, of aerodynamic efficiency currently because if you watch what they qualify and where the speed they got, it'd be, it was wildly impressive. So um, I think they're going to be a serious force to contend with at Indy and Jimmy's got the confidence now on the oval. He's got the, he's got the juice. And so I think, you know, I was pumped for him. He texts, I text him right after the race. I said, good job. And we started talking about, you know, what was going on. Cause we raced against each other for a little bit out there. And he obviously wanted to know what happened to me. And so I, I told him the story and, and, uh, he's a good dude, just an overall solid guy. And I, and I think he's going to have a shot to win the Indy 500. 
This is from Michael underscore Bunge. He has a uh, question for you, then a question for me. Uh, we'll start with the question for you. Which era of IndyCar do you wish you could have driven and on what track? Honestly, I wish I could have been an IndyCar driver from about 2004 to 2011. Um, just a great era to watch, great era of racing. Uh, the car wasn't that great, but it was very competitive, and the oval racing was just fantastic. Uh, I would say either that because I knew about it or the early 90s when the cars had a million horsepower and they were absolutely just ridiculously fast. Uh, that would have been pretty cool for sure. And then Michael asks me, uh, Joey, name any car you'd want to drive and a track you'd like to drive it on. Um, I'm going to stay in the hometown for the track. I'm going to go to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but I'm going to mix it up here for the car. I'm actually going to go with a pod racer from uh, Star Wars. All right. Uh, let's, let's jump into the future, I don't know, maybe like 30 years from now. And Indy cars have essentially just become pod racers. Uh, you're doing it that way, and you're flying around the track with, uh, you know, hovering off the ground a little bit. You got, some, um, you got some lightning bolts going in between your two engine bases there. So give me a pod racer around uh, the um, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, in. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, sorry, that one didn't work. From Daniel, Daniel Sim, uh, 2004. Thoughts on returning to Texas Motor Speedway? Spring day and cooler temps made racing better. Yes? I, yes, the cooler temperatures always help. Cooler temperatures give us more grip. And we, we're, we're dying for more grip everywhere. We'll take it anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Um, but anywhere we can race at night, the better. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, from Jason Thacker, and this is something I'm going to be looking into eventually here. For a kid that's in karting, what's the most economical step up if they're pursuing a racing career? Oh, it's a great question. I mean, it's hard to say, honestly. I think the best part, the best thing you can do just go talk to people out of Newcastle Motorsports Park or Whiteland Raceway Park. Um, you know, there's fairly reasonably cheap go-karts to get into right now. The Ignite chassis from, uh, from Margay, those guys, Keith Freeber over there, they do a really good job. I mean, you can basically show up and do an arrive and drive program in these uh, L206 carts, uh, and it's very, very simple. Uh, it's almost like the Skip Barber Racing School of, of, of go-karting. Uh, everyone's got the same chassis, same engine. Uh, and you can just jump into it and, and race. So that, that's a great way to get started. They didn't have that around when I was, when I was getting started. That would have been a, you know, that's what my little brother races a little bit. And it's very, very, you know, reasonably, uh, reasonably price, cost effective and, uh, and quite a competitive series. Let's finish up here, Connor, um, with this one from P-Sage. Wants to know, are you guys planning any events or meetups for 500 weekend? I don't know. I mean, should we? I'm not really sure. I think, I mean, I'm going to be out there every day. And so if you want to come say, Hey, come say, Hey, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Joey, I'm sure he'll be out there at times, but he's also got a pregnant wife. So that takes priority over a lot of things. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe we can do a big, big uh, tweet up or something for the, uh, for the speed street listeners. Yeah. I, um, I know, yeah, I'll be out there pretty much the whole month, you know, unless, like you said, uh, the missus is just like, hey, I need to really kick my feet up tonight and have you rub my back because I'm hurting, uh, you know, so that would come first for sure. But well, where we should do it, 
We I should wonder- do it at the shop merch trailer out there because there's going to be a shop merch trailer at the Speedway maybe one day, practice day, after the day's over or maybe even during the day at some point, we all just hit up the shop merch trailer and uh, have a couple cold waters. Maybe sit at the <laughs> table, you know. Connor can, if you're willing, you can sign some stuff or, you know, you or we can take some exactly. photos and just kind of hang and chat with racing fans and fans of the pod. Yeah, but – that that's a great idea. We should do that. But working on some things right now, I can't release on the pod, and I don't think I've told you about, but it's in the works. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be me and Connor, some friends of ours, and uh there's some details to come. All so right. Be on the lookout. I don't even know about this, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you about it off the air. We can't announce anything yet, but um, just know that, that that is in the works. So we'll do that, hopefully, with uh, the Shop Indie, meet up there, have a little, you know, meet, meet and hang, and then uh, we'll have the other event slash thing that I can't talk about yet that's coming. How's that? Love it. Awesome. All right, man, you got anything else? All we got is a random Indy 500 driver of the week, and that's uh, that's where we're going to close it out. I would like to, again, I, I liked going back to one of the more recent races. Um, I, I chose this guy because I know this guy, and uh, he was always very uh, kind to me. Okay. And I think we deserve to give him a little bit of respect in the streets out here, especially the speed street. I went to the 2008 Indy 500 starting grid, the 92nd running of the Indianapolis 500. Okay. One by we seven. obviously have a lot of a lot of people in this race that we know. The Townsend Bells of the world, the Graham Ray Halls, Ed Carpenter, Marco Andretti, Elio Dixon, half the people we're still racing against. But I'm going with my um, with a friend of mine who drove the number 41 car, uh, like I did my first Indy 500. Uh, Jeff Simmons. Jeff Simmons drove this. Uh, started an outside row eight, um, and Jeff Simmons is a great American racing driver who uh, is from Connecticut. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I think we just deserve to give him uh, some respect here in the streets. Uh, did IndyCar for several years, uh, Indy Lights as well. Uh, it said he actually won the Team USA scholarship too, like I did in, in 2008, but he didn't want it in 99. So Jeff Simmons was a, um, a great guy. Also, Chris Simmons, his brother – uh, I believe his brother, Engineer Ganassi. So very, very smart uh, human being. Uh, great family there of racing folks. Chris Simmons, Ganassi engineer. Jeff Simmons, racing driver, several Indy 500s. And that's our guy for this week. 2008 Indy 500, number 41 car. Jeff Simmons, love it. Random Indy 500 driver of the week. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it is fun looking at these you know, more recent ones because, like you said, you just go down the list, you know. Justin Wilson, Davey Hamilton, Ryan Hunter Ray, John Andretti, Sarah Fisher, Fisher, Will Power, Oriel Servia. You know, that's uh oh yeah. That's good stuff there. Awesome. Um, cool, man. Well, uh, good show. Thanks to Scott McLaughlin for uh, hopping on. You got anything? What's what's your schedule since you're off uh, until until Long Beach? You Sim, what's up? You know what? Not a ton going on this weekend, but we do have a uh, very exciting event coming up April 1st, the Freedom 500 down at uh, Cletus McFarland's uh, camp in Florida. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, a big race uh, pay-per-view event in uh, police old police cars with nitrous oxide fitted to them. So oh, wow. very excited for this event. 
apparently they announced today that the prize for said event is a Lamborghini Murcielago Super Veloce or something absurd. Uh, so a very, very, I don't know if that's real or not, um, no, but no. I plan on competing and I plan on winning. There you go. That's awesome. Hell yeah, man. All right. Well, great show. Appreciate everybody listening every week. Seriously. I know, uh, we talked about it at the beginning, uh, about subscribing and following, but I am checking the numbers and the subscription numbers do continue to go up and the downloads continue to go up. So that's good. We appreciate you. We're just getting started in this 2022 racing season. But if you haven't yet, if you're new to us, subscribe, Speed Street, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at Speed Street Pod. Thanks to the Shop Indie for our logo design, for Connor's awesome, new, sick, all-American race car driver shirts that are out there now, the shopindy.com. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Until next time, we'll talk to you on Speed Street.